And then I guess the next question too is how does how does Cal Peterson fit into all this next season? Like, like he's relevant at all? But well, I mean, he at is this here. Point, he's probably backing up Urson in the AHL. If Hart or if Hart Sonstrom and Urson aren't going anywhere, and mm-hmm. there's not a lot of room left for this guy. Apparently, he's got to get his fair shake going into the season to earn an NHL gig. But unless he absolutely <laughs> blows Sonstrom out of the water, I don't think they're going to risk waving Sonstrom. So. I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the hell they're doing with this guy, but I forgot all about Cal Peterson. You guys are the biggest buzzkill. I can't believe <laughs> that you just did the. Now this makes me angry all over again because now you're retaining three and a half million of Kevin Hayes. You've got five million Cal Peterson dollars sitting in the age. Two and a half on D'Angelo, and, and then you're gonna have D'Angelo money off the books for for a year. Yeah, they oh, uh, they did not do their cap situation any favors. That's that's for goddamn sure here with this. And, you know, luckily Dander's only one year, I suppose. But everybody else really just got some ugly numbers here. I'm like, I don't have a problem with that. I don't think a rebuild should be. I, oh, they got to clear cap. They got to like you. Whether you have thirty million dollars or three dollars in free cap space, at the end of the day, doesn't matter. But uh, especially if we're not going to use it for anything, and the Flyers don't appear they're going to. But uh, yeah, I don't know. This is not a great little situation they've worked themselves into here, especially considering you got three <laughs> guys left to sign. You got Hart, York, and uh, Kate's yet to get under contract. So not Hart, Frost, and I guess Hart too, but. Frost York and Cates are the big three RFAs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you think the goalie situation is going to remain Hart, uh, Peterson, Sandstrom, and Urson, like those four? In I some would assume this season is going to be this four. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hart and Sandstrom at the too. NHL and and Urson and Peterson at the AHL. And whoever gets hurt first in the NHL, Urson gets his recall and you can work from there. I mean, you're paying him. You got to play him, right? In the AHL, at least. Who, Peterson? Yeah. Well, I mean, they typically, you know, they play two to three games a weekend. So, yeah, if Erson gets two games and Peterson's going to get one, and they should break it up nicely. That was one of the big problems down the end of the stretch there is the Phantoms clinched, you know, what, like four games in regular season left. Like, Erson was playing a shit ton of ice time there down the the end because they didn't trust anybody else. They didn't trust uh, Nolan Mayer or Pat Nangle to handle the load because Grosnick was hurt. So um, a lot of the big reasons why they did that, and that was the the elimination game as well. After they played the however many overtimes it was in game two, and they went to game three, and they ran it back with Harrison because they didn't trust Nolan Mayer to make the move. So having it, you know, his numbers in the AHL aren't any better than they are in the NHL. He had like a 904 save percentage in the AHL last year, which is, you know, pretty pedestrian. But, you know, having somebody back there with at least some level of decent experience to back up Harrison is going to be a um, significantly better move for the team because they, they really suffered without Grosnick this year. And without the, you know, Sonstrom and tandem they had, uh, well, for the previous year, whatever they had, the Ustaminko Sonstrom. So 
yeah, I'm 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 fine with that as a tandem in the NHL. Urson needs ice time. It would be great if it was coming in the NHL in big samples, but if Hart's here, he's not going to get it. And so he should be in the AHL getting big minutes instead of once every two weeks. Like, like Sonstrom. Hell, Sonstrom didn't even get once every two weeks there for a long time. He was getting like once every month for a while. Yeah, uh, yeah that was bad. They got to play him more than that. Yeah, they, they you, you can piss away Sonstrom at this point. It doesn't really matter. But um, you got to you got to handle Urson a little better. So. Man, if this team had like I don't Cal Peterson is their number one starter for this year, that would help in them not winning. <laughs> yeah, you know Hart's gonna, you know his numbers probably are gonna be pretty. And everyone was, hey, he's got a nine oh six eight percentage. This isn't that bad. But it's like at the end of the day, like you know you, you watch this team. Hart's doing more than his fair share just because his numbers aren't spectacular. Yeah, you know his play is significantly better than his. You know, pedestrian numbers seem to suggest, but yeah, Hart's gonna Hart's gonna steal a few games this year because he always does. They'll go on a win streak after Christmas and blow their draft positioning again and draft eighth overall next year. If if it's true that there's been a lot of smoke with the Carter Hart trade rumors and that there are things impeding a trade from coming to fruition. Is the team, do you think, spending too much time? If they're actively trying to trade Carter Hart and just other teams are saying we can't because of the circumstances, and yet they keep pushing and pushing and pushing, is it distracting them from moving other pieces of this roster? And if if not, if you're going to trade Hart anyways, then why not trade anybody, like everybody? Because you might as well. It's game over. If if Hart's gone, then and you got no goaltender, and sorry, Urson's not the man right now, and he probably won't be the man next year. Then you might as well dump Konechny too. And I don't mean dump; I mean trade for first round. I was hoping they would make that call. If you're gonna do everybody, then if mm-hmm. if if Hart's the one guy that you really were trying to push. Yeah. Then you might as well push the other guys out too. Yeah, you know, I was I, I was hoping they would make the 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 call to just kind of gut this team, and you know, I was hesitant on Hart and definitely Lawton as well. But at the end of the day, if you're slashing and burning this shit, then just get rid of everybody, you know, yeah. and try again and kind of rebuild properly. So if they were committed to that approach and just scorch earth this team, <clears throat> I'd be fine with it, but. Nope. I think that they probably did waste some time. You know, you think about all of the um, all the smoke that was around Carter Hart for it wasn't this week, but a couple of weeks ago, like around the time of the Stanley Cup. Um, there's a ton of smoke around that. And they probably went down that wormhole, wasted a lot of time and resources and, you know, got to a point where they couldn't quite get the value. And then this Hockey Canada thing became an apparent obstacle. So then, you know, you waste a couple weeks or you know, a week or two doing that. Then they get involved with the Travis Sanheim and Kevin Hayes trade with the with I was the Blues. Say, do you think they did that with everybody though, not just Hart? Because I feel like all these guys at some point had significant smoke around their name. It's like, well, we tried to still like, trade Lawton and something happens yeah. and now we backed off and now we have to go to a different player. And then oh we tried to trade Hart and then mm-hmm. it backed off and it went to a different player. And they just right. lo- week after week kind of wasted more time unsuccessfully moving these guys. Yes. Yes, I think that's what happened, Dan. I think that they they struck out on a lot of that stuff 
And then at the, you know, maybe like a guy like connecting was lower on the list and they just never got there because they only, you know, they really only did this stuff for about two and a half, three weeks of serious type of taking phone calls, making offers, that sort of stuff. Um, and, you know, I don't know if they ever got down far enough for TK or or even a, maybe a Lawton, but I think they wasted time with Hart. Well, not wasted, but they fleshed that out and struck out. The Hayes and Sanheim thing struck out. Then they had to do Sanheim individually, struck out again. Uh, then they have the draft that's going on here, which is a whole nother ball of wax. Um, so I can see a scenario here where there's too many things going on at once and they just couldn't hit all of the check boxes. Uh, and they tried to do too much and walked away with nothing because of it. Yeah, or or, or maybe not nothing, but certainly not enough. You know, they're missing one or two of those guys should have been moved, as we you know mentioned the other week. Um, and yeah, and and now they're caught. Um, you know, they tried on these guys, and they're one or two moves short. What do we? Uh, Tory Krug refused to waive his uh. no trade to come to Philadelphia. How were we uh, feeling about that one? That was one of those things, and like, you know, we've often talked for years about the value of the Flyers. You know, how are how are players around the league? How do they look at the Flyers these days? You know, because so many of these guys, the older guys, grew up, you know, probably watching Lindros and uh, Keith Primo and Brenda Moore, and some of the younger guys probably grew up watching Giroux and the Cup Run and. You know, it's Philadelphia. They were supposed to be the gold standard, the elite of the elite teams. And I think for a long time, despite the fact that they have not been that now for nearly a decade, I think for a long time that that mystique held true. But I don't think that's the case anymore. And, and, you know, obviously the Flyers are rebuilding and they're doing all this and that, and they've been very bad. But the last three years of sustained, shitty play... You know, I think finally is kind of catching on like, hey, maybe this team is not what it used to be. And, you know, I think the Krug waving his thing, you know, a lot of these times with these no movement clauses, no trades and stuff like that. Some players say no immediately and then they eventually work it through. You know, you don't hear of a case of people shutting this down immediately. It's kind of like, well, I don't want to. And then they got talked into it and they finally go, okay, fine. I'm not wanting to remove. It's not often you see players just full on say, nope, I'm not going there. Especially to a team like Philadelphia that, you know, once upon a time was a good team. So I think it is kind of one of those looks in the mirror there. Maybe it has nothing to do with any of this. And Krug's just a douchebag who didn't want to come to Philadelphia, but... You know, I do wonder kind of if this is a, a inside look at a perceived value of what the Flyers are or are not these days. Yeah, we've listen, we've been we've been at the forefront of this train. Yeah. For a long time. We're not a destination. We're not. The the goal with getting a Mitchkov is that it might be easier now to attract that one C because they go, hey, we're going to play with Matt Faye Mitchkov. Dude, you're guaranteed to get points playing with that guy. All right, sign me up. This is not a destination place. And for all the... Listen, I was angry about it too, but it's not even really I'm angry about Tory Krug because people make a big deal of, well, contractually, he earned the right because he has a no the trade right. It's just constitutional right. <laughs> Travis yeah, Sanheim earned the right for his no trade clause. Yeah. 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 And I get that. It's not that I'm mad at the player, Tory Krug. 
I'm mad that the fucker is because of him, Travis Sanheim stays on this team. Because of him, the holdup with all of the snowball effect of more moves and more, you know, gutting the roster, more freeing up slots for young players, more acquisition of assets, all that stuff got stopped dead in its tracks because of Tory Krug. Yep. It's not about the player not shouldn't have a no trade. It's not about oh he shouldn't. He, I don't know why he pay, he wouldn't come to Philly because Philadelphia is rebuilding. You're asking a player to go to a rebuilding team. That is not a good sell. You're asking a player from what I heard. I read some things online. I don't know if they're true or not, but he apparently he built a house in St. Louis. And he's got a young family and they're in a nice school district and whatnot. And it's like, yeah, now he's going to go like three months ago or something like, you know, that. right now. So, so, so again, it's now you're asking him that to go to Philadelphia. And if you're and lucky, he, he's going to get traded again at the deadline and be shipped out somewhere else. Now right. you're moving your family all over the country in the course of eight months. Yeah. Like, like, why I do you... don't, I don't blame the player at all. Like, why would you go to a situation like that? Yeah, it makes no sense. And he was also basically ambushed on vacation by the GM. <laughs> yeah. Like, who was the flyer that got traded and was like in the middle of the woods or something like that? Was it Ryan Hartman? Is that who it was when he got traded? He was like, it a, might have been. Yeah, maybe. I do remember vaguely. Yeah. I was climbing the Alps and didn't know about it or something. I'm like, yeah. what? So like, <laughs> I was at the I was at the peak of Kilimanjaro when my <laughs> cell phone went off. <laughs> hey fucker, you're going to Columbus. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> I'm gonna jump off this peak. <laughs> yeah, I feel like yes, I don't expect the player to wave that. I feel like if there was some more time to contemplate it, there there may have been a chance to acquiesce on it. Um and I think it comes from the standpoint like, look, you know, you've got a couple more years left on your contract. Your team doesn't want you. They're saying, we don't want you here anymore. We're offering you a way out, even though your contract says, oh, yes, I get all that. But the team is asking for permission to trade you away because they don't want you anymore. And if you say no to that, then you got to live with that for however many more years. They may ask again at the next trade deadline or at the next offseason. And, you know, that creates just a, a level of uncomfortability that I don't think athletes want to live with. Um, that said on balance, given, you know, his personal situation, in St. Louis and family things and whatnot, completely understand why he just said, fuck, no, I'm not doing that. Um, but I feel like if, if Armstrong could have figured out a better way or this trade could have, these talks could have happened in a, I don't know, a way to give the player some more notice. Uh, maybe, you know, you could think about that where the flyers could say, Hey, we'll figure out another destination, which apparently they tried to do, but you know, this is right before the draft as well. It's just too chaotic to figure that out. Other teams may not be responding or have contemplated a move like that. So it's just, you know, you just get caught dead in your tracks right there. Um, I think that's a fantastic point. It was a time sensitive thing. And, you know, you've got the backdrop of the NHL draft, you know, days away. And you, there's this pressure thing of, okay, we've got the situation. Can we get a team to flip Tory Krug to right now to make this deal happen? If it's true that it's because he built a house and he's got the young family, 
there might be very few places where he would actually say yes to, unless it's a team that. And a lot of those teams wouldn't be in position like Nashville or something. It's kind of close. Like they're not in Boston would be the first one that comes to mind. Like Boston or Florida, I heard was another one that got thrown around. Mm -hmm. Like they're all far enough away that it doesn't make a lot of sense there to uh, keep life in St. Louis. But but that's the thing is so now you've got two GMs that are going to be frantically calling other teams saying <laughs> everybody yeah let's can we make this happen and they're like no yeah I, I can't even think about it now <laughs> you know and if part of the thing is you know you get rid of Lawton in that deal because it was it Lawton and Sanheim it was uh, Sanheim and Hayes it was Sanheim, Sanheim and Hayes, Hayes. Thank you. maybe Lawton yeah Lawton was, was floated, one that was kind but, of floated yeah. as well but. It might have been a separate deal, but but at least then you say, you know, you don't know if the salary retention would still be there. Maybe it would have been the three and a half million, but then you're getting rid of Sanheim to take. It was, so it was probably it was what it was Hayes and Sanheim for Krug in a first. Is that the general idea of what that would have uh, yeah, been? Yes, in principle. Um, Lawton may have been involved too. Maybe Lawton, yeah, whatever it was. Because been, you but... could have maybe gotten a second. Maybe they wanted the two first rounders, you know, in the twenties. What a day that was! Good lord, it's gonna be big, man. I hear things, man. It's gonna be big. See, but... and then that that throws a wrench because now you're calling other teams to try to get this deal to work, and then instead of working on. Let's. What about if it's just Sanheim? Yeah, I was gonna say hit the panic or, button on Sanheim. Or like, like the thing with the Sanheim one for me is, you still have a couple of days here that you can get rid of him before free agency starts. The team that I'm looking at is Calgary, mm. and it doesn't make any sense from some standpoints, but in some standpoints it does. He would go to Calgary. I don't see why he wouldn't. He played his junior hockey there. He, he's an Alberta guy. Yeah, he's fine. He, he'd be he fine there. Calgary has been bleeding players. Everybody wants to leave that team now. All of a sudden, it's like crazy. Hannafin wants to leave. Other play Toffoli was Lindholm wants out. <laughs> you know, Lindholm is rumored to to want out now. Like like the team is just they are. It's it's a tire fire. So if Calgary can get a player who's locked up for eight years, I would think that they would really want that right Mm -hmm. now. The question is what would come back? I don't know. At this point, who gives a shit? Get them off your roster. I agree with you. I would take, I would take nothing, but the flyers are going to be adamant. The rumor was like, Oh, we want a late first round. I'm like, that's not going to happen. The next round. It's like, well, we got to get some pick for him. Like at this point, just trade him for a dirty condom and move on. Like, God damn, man, you're getting rid of Sanheim. And again, probably by the time this episode goes out, he's probably still locked on this roster, but uh, man, it's just the, the getting rid of him opens up so many options for this team. That's eight year commitment. And at least four is a full, no trade that you're locked into. You got defensemen. Keith Jones talked about revamping this team from the blue line out. That was the whole point of this new rebuild was to once again, rebuild the, de- the defense. And you're going to start that off by friggin' Travis Sanheim locked up for eight more years on this. It just, it screws everything up. God drives me nuts. It, it is fascinating, and to, to go back to our earlier conversation from earlier tonight, <laughs> Hayes signed by Chuck Fletcher, long-term deal. Yeah. And there's a no-trade no, no trade 
involved, right? Mm-hmm. Or no move, sorry. With no an move MC. or no trade. It's an, an MC. MC. Yeah. Full. Sanheim. Fletcher sign long term. There's a no trade the first four years, yep. and then there's a modified the last four years. How come when Kevin Hayes gets dumped for a sixth round pick, people would be all jumping on board to say, "Well, that was a Chuck Fletcher mistake. It was a bad contract, and we just should have gotten rid of him for whatever we could get." And then when it's Travis Sanheim, it's oh no, we need assets and we need we need uh, to do certain things here. But and I know that the term on the contract is not the same, and I know the AAV is not the same. But it's because Sanheim has perceived value to the fans. They like Sanheim because they're a bunch of yes. fucking idiots. You see, this fan base is top to bottom full of idiots, and they like Sanheim versus everyone already turned on Kevin Hayes. So it was the perceived value of, oh, we like this player. We need assets for Sanheim versus, oh, yay, the witch is dead. Kevin Hayes is gone kind of thing. That's ultimately what that boils down to. Yeah, and nobody's going to give the Flyers anything for him. I mean, That's they clear. shopped him, obviously, to <laughs> yeah. St. Louis. There was a rumor about Winnipeg being Winnipeg, involved. Winnipeg, Toronto, Calgary. You know, all these names popped over the last few days, and nobody wanted to part with a pick. And I guess I St. Mean, Louis, he would have been in the original trade there too. So nobody, they either can't yeah, they or don't. They probably didn't want, want to part with a pick, and they probably wanted salary retention. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the next move. Let's retain half of Sandheim's salary for eight years. <laughs> it's because of these fucking no trade clauses. Because the, because the problem is, once you sign up for Travis Sandheim, you sign up for life. Like you, yep. he is not going anywhere. I did and think Sarabali's original him. argument like made sense. You know that if Sanheim had sure. free agency, you would be resign. You would be signing him to the essentially the same contract he's on, just for seven years instead of eight. But at the same time, you know it's Travis Sanheim. This guy kind of sucks. Yeah, you don't <laughs> give up anything in free agency. It's not like Thank- you have to give a first rounder to sign a UFA. Yeah. Thank God he was already here. We could sign him for the extra year. The Flyers got That's their top happy. free agent this summer, man. Yeah. Oh, God. Sign and trade. <laughs> See, the other team that was kind of rumored to be sniffing around was Toronto. And I think that Toronto... So, Tree Living is the new GM of the Leafs, and he came from Calgary. I can totally see all their and they've done jack shit right now so far, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I don't think they had a very good draft at all. They went, I can see them talking to Calgary for a guy like Noah Hannafin. And then Travis Sanheim is like, well, he's plan B. He's not plan A. And I think that that's problematic too, because if I'm the, the Flyers, I'm trying to negotiate with Calgary. And apparently they were negotiating with Winnipeg and then something happened and then the talks kind of just dissipated. And that's according to, I think it was Anthony DeMarco who reported that, that there were discussions with Winnipeg and then they couldn't find something to agree on for a trade. So it's, is it a, is it a matter of the flyers are just asking the asking price is too high for Sanheim or is it a fact of, you know, yeah, it's too tough of a deal to make right now. And it's other a good point. It's a really good point, Manny. It's gotta be, I mean, fuck, I guess it's the flyers fault to some extent, unless, unless what other teams are asking for is, and like I said, you know, like massive salary retention with it. Um, if it's not that, and they're offering something, you know, like, I don't know, two second rounders or something, 
and the Flyers are absolutely adamant that they have to get a first round pick, then I blame the Flyers on that end. I mean, that I am starting to gravitate towards this is this is more a Flyers problem than the rest of a league problem. Their ask is too high. Travis Sanheim is not that good. He cannot be traded again. He's his contract is littered with NTCs. So the team that acquires him has absolutely no flexibility once he's on that roster. So there's a price to pay for that. That's actually a bad thing for the team. Um, his cap hit is, you know, it's not low. What is it in the sixes for eight years? Six it's one, I think. Yeah, six one. It's it's okay, I guess. Maybe it'll age well. Right now, I don't think he's worth that much. Six point two five is Sanheim. Yeah, six and a quarter. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you know, it's not it's not a it's not a deal that teams are are crawling over each other for and saying, sign me up right now. Their defense next Sanheim. season: Sanheim, Ristolainen, D'Angelo Walker, Sealer, York under contract now. D'Angelo's probably going to Carolina, so I would assume you replace him with, you know, one of Zamula and or Adderd. That's just, it's fucking brutal, it sucks. mate. I mean, that... Travis Sandheim's going to be exposed even more next season. Oh, yeah, he's going to look... He's going to get his ass kicked. Atrocious. That That's what I would be banking on, too, if I was a betting person. You know, it would look like that dirty condom that Daniel mentioned earlier would provide better defense than that. It <laughs> might, yeah. It's better protection. Yeah. Like, if Nick Sealer is playing over Zmool and Adderd on a regular basis... It's gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be an unhappy man when that happens next year. But <laughs> I hope like Zamul and Adder need NHL minutes next season. They both need minutes. Get over this hard on for Nick Sealer and play the kids, yeah. dude. Imagine how. So okay. So the Flyers don't trade Sandheim. They get stuck with this deal. Their strategy is they're just gonna try to convince him to waive the NTC at some point and find a partner that way. But like we just mentioned, like he's going to suck. He's going to be playing first pair of minutes, getting absolutely shredded. His value is going to be even worse in in the coming years than it is now. It's not like, you know, they're bringing in, you know, Victor Hedman to play with him or something like they can't even play behind Provorov anymore. Like, yeah. So that makes the situation even worse now because he's going to be exposed and teams are going to find his value to be way lower than what it it already was. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a huge concern. Unless the team is like, oh, he's a bona fide first pair guy, which I don't think anybody thinks he is around the league, but he's going to be played as one next year. Did you see the uh, Milandre news? That he may be uh, going back to Sweden if he doesn't make yeah. the NHL. That's uh, dumb. It's dumb, but it's not the worst thing ever. He's still going to be getting good minutes, he's still going to be repping still going to be playing against men. He'll be okay. It sucks. I just... I it's just always it. fucking something for these prospects, man. Always something. Yeah, it's always something. We can't right. just have a nice, easy guy show up and transition to the AHL and the NHL, and it works out all peachy keen. Yeah. He gets kidnapped he by the military or yet, some right? bullshit, or the guy turns into a potted plant with head injuries. Or It's, it's always something, man. We can't just have a nice, fluid prospect make the team. I'm I'm going to ruin everybody's evening right now. This is the scenario for next year. Are you ready? Travis Sanheim is on the top pair and he gets exposed and he looks like a complete 
useless pylon next year. And then the trade value, nobody wants that fucking guy for seven more years. And he's not going to go anywhere anyways because he has a no-move clause or no-trade clause that he earned. Yeah, earned. earned Or did Chuck just give it to him? Ridiculous terminology. So so his trade value gets cratered. Or you put Cam York in the top pair, and he might not be ready or likely isn't ready for top pair. And you risk doing to him what you did to Ivan Provorov. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Both of those options suck donkey balls. Even if York isn't playing top pair and Sanham's going to absorb the brunt of that, you still don't have anybody to play with Cam York. Like, maybe Sean Walker. What is Sean Walker at this point? Ristolainen? Oh, boy. You know, Ronnie Adder? Like, I like Adder, but I don't think those two should be playing together right now. It's just... You're setting York up for the same failure you said Provorov up for. God, we've been talking about that one, especially in the Anthony show, for months now. That drives me nuts. You know, and either way, you're stuck with Sanheim, whether he's playing top. I mean, I assume York and Sanheim are probably going to split those roles relatively evenly, at least for most of the season. You know, as far as who's your one and one B, number two, whatever you want to split these guys. But, yeah, I, I, there's... This whole defense, man. And I'm fine with it being this way if Zamula and Adderd are used regularly and appropriately and York's given enough ice time. You know, as long as those kids are playing, I'm willing to sit this one out and, and just, you know, accept that it's the state mm-hmm. of a rebuilding defense. But if Sealer's getting regular ice time and Zamula's in the AHL and Adderd's your seventh guy in favor of Sealer and York is playing second fiddle to Sanheim and... Uh, Ooh, I'm not going to be happy about that. Yeah, so going back to the um, Ivan Provorov and Andrew McDonald situation, it kind of sparked my thinking a little bit here. So when we have these young defensemen come up, specifically York and Adderd right now, and Zamula, I would say, in that in that range, maybe uh, Andre. Are there enough bad habits here that are going to be detrimental to these guys? Like Andrew McDonald was one of the worst defensemen I've ever seen. His instincts were horrendous on the ice. Absolutely horrendous. His decision-making was freaking horrible as well. Are there guys like Sanheim and Ristolainen and Walker, who we don't really know yet, but are there guys here on the defensive core that are going to be here for the next couple of seasons that we think – um, could poison some of the young guys and give them similar bad habits that happened with some of our other younger defensemen from the previous chapter. I mean, having, you know, Cam York learn how to play defense from Travis Sanheim is a atrocious thought. I don't know if any of them are learning from anybody, though. I, you know, Sanheim is probably the, the long-term cancer back there, but Risto, I mean, Risto's fine overall. And everybody, like, Sean Walker's not going to be here long-term. I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a... I, I, I think when we're talking about York compared to Provorov, I think it's more just the complete lack of a partner versus a, a long-term bad partner right now. I mean, I guess you could just pair him with Ristolainen for the next four years and see what's going on there. But I think just in the short term, you're just throwing all these kids out there to flounder with these completely random group of veterans. And Travis Sanheim. 
Uh, there's nothing about this defense that's that's good though in the very short yeah probably time. not quite as toxic I would say yeah I would agree I don't think it's quite as poisonous no but I think you're kind of in a damned if you do and damned if you don't situation now this is a fragile defensive core it's certainly in the bottom third of the NHL I would say Easily, yeah. Yeah, like pretty, I think that's pretty concrete. Oh, yeah. There would be a temptation to add a really solid vet, a leader, a guy that can teach the young players. But then you're taking a roster spot from the young players, right? And if you don't do that and you let these young guys you know, they're they're not going to do well this coming season. And I think you have to understand that, and the players have to have the mental fortitude to understand that. That things are mm-hmm. not going to go well this year, and it's okay, but it's about learning, and it's about making those mistakes, and then, you know, kind of dividing up the season into, I don't know, quarters mm-hmm. or halves, or thirds and saying, you know what, let's try to see a little bit of a progression in terms of how you're dealing in certain situations and and whatnot. As long as they're okay with that, then I think that's fine. And Mm -hmm. as a rebuilding team, you should be okay with that. But then it becomes a balancing act of if these guys fail miserably this coming year, and then the following year they fail miserably again, then you start to affect their development. And then you have to start to worry about, okay, are we doing more harm or good uh, just throwing these guys to the wolves? Or are we better served adding one person out there that's a, you know, a vet who can be counted on for leadership, who can do all those. But And, and I think that list is small. They got to check a lot of boxes and... It's I something really that Roel Krug would have played this year, essentially. That's what they would have wanted him for, is having... Is he really a leader, though? Well, maybe not now. He's got a diaper full of terror shit at the idea of coming to Philadelphia. But, you know, that's ideally what you wanted him back for, was to play <laughs> that veteran leadership role. And you know, they're not getting it from him. I, your free agent pool is absolutely atrocious, so I can't imagine they're making any moves there. He's seen people go, Matt Dumba, and I'm like, what? We're gonna... <laughs> is, he a, is he a lefty? Dumba's a righty. No, no, Krug. I believe Krug's a lefty, yeah. So then that would have been an ideal... It would have been a swap for Sandheim. Right. And at that point, I would have totally taken that. Mm -hmm. So they need their defensemen to basically fall in one of two categories. One, they're a younger player that needs some experience and some reps at this level to develop, and they're part of the future. Or... Second category is they are a veteran that knows what they're doing, that can instill good habits um, onto the younger players they're playing with. I think that's essentially kind of what we're looking at here. And that kind of, when you look at it that way, it makes Travis Sandheim seem even more useless because he doesn't fit into either bucket. He's not a veteran yet that you want to be teaching the young guys. I don't think Sandheim has great on ice habits. I don't like his style of play. You know, the coach obviously doesn't either. Um, And he's not really somebody who's going to be part of the future on the blue line either. Um, So where does he fit here? Answer, he doesn't. 
So get him off of the team, even if it is not getting a first round pick back or, you know, the return isn't perfect. Um, but I think this kind of brings it full circle as to why he really shouldn't be here. I mean, those are the two buckets of players that we're looking at and, and it makes sense. And I just don't see Sanheim fitting in. Um, can I share some stuff here that I'm just looking at? So we talked earlier about the benefit of having Jonesy and Briere, former players in this role to kind of, you know, be able to talk to a Mitchkov and convince him that, Hey, we know what we're doing. We're former players. We know what it's like. Come with us. And he obviously, by all accounts, was raving that he, he liked Philadelphia and wanted to play in Philly. I'd imagine that Briere would talk to Tory Krug and say, dude, we want you on this team. Please wave. We want this deal. We want you. I can I, I see on the web here that John LeClaire was playing a role there. Oh, yeah, I heard that. Right. They're connected and, somehow. Yeah. Through agents right, or something like that. Through agents and this and that, which then begs the question of if you can't make a deal like that happen, then what good are you? And I'm looking at a, a hockey news article here and it says uh, Elliot Friedman has added that Krug has a young family and is not interested in moving, uh, having done so when he signed a seven year deal uh, with St. Louis as a UFA in 2020. The Flyers needed to flip Krug to make the deal work to a team he was willing to go. And they mentioned Anthony DeMarco's name. And it says uh, it is speculation that Krug would waive to go to Long Island. And that they were trying to make a deal with the New York Islanders. But they needed to retain the Flyers to retain salary to make it work because the Islanders need cap space. So there's another thing where you've already taken cap space with the Kevin Hayes deal. You've got a deal pending for Tony D'Angelo, which as far as I'm concerned, throw that out the window and forget about it and just dump him at the end of the season for nothing. If, if this is true and that there was a potential deal with the Islanders, but you needed cap space to make that work, then you kind of just shot yourself in the foot in a way. I don't know. Well, I mean, listen, obviously it doesn't matter because Kevin Hayes would have been moved in that deal. But it's interesting that the the Islanders were a team that were kind of used as a as a leverage point there for that deal. And it still didn't work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they tried their hardest, Manny. <laughs> yeah. But then what's the point of having these guys like LeClaire and all these? If they, mm -hmm. if they can't make a deal like this happen. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. They're former flyers. They know what the fucking culture of the team is, and they understand things. They They're going to help develop the draft picks. You know, maybe if they had one person in the front office with experience, they would have made some goddamn moves this summer. I'm I'm getting some uh, PTSD flyers PTSD here. I've got a quote up by Brad Tree Living of the Leafs on upcoming free agency. Quote: We like our guys, but prices are high. <laughs> oh my god classic they got, line it's chuck fletcher and he's got like a plastic <laughs> mask on i didn't hear uh, many uh things about him and his appearance on tsn so i guess he didn't do anything uh painfully stupid 
Oh, yeah, like, I, didn't, I, heard I didn't see anything that. on that. Yeah. The only the only thing I heard was a coworker who's a Leaf fan was actually texting me last night saying, "Oh, you got this Russian guy." And then when I saw him at uh, at work today, he was like, uh, "Yeah, this Chuck Fletcher guy was on TV, <laughs> and he's he kept raving like, well, that's a great move by the Flyers.' I you really <laughs> I can't believe a guy that talented went that low in the draft. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah, way way to go out on a limb there, Chuck. You're on TV. Like usually you have to have some kind of hot take or do something a little bit uh, off the cuff, you know? He's Mr. No, Personality." Mr. Yeah, Congeniality. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they couldn't find anybody better to do draft coverage. It's like, man, what's yeah, Chuck Fletcher like... doing today? Let's... Yeah, I know. They couldn't have gone to the dollar store and bought a fucking pinata. <laughs> <laughs> just, put, just put it there. Hey, pinata, what you think of Matt Vay-Mitchkov? All right. Yeah, yeah. We think that's a crazy move for the Flyers, too. Yeah, they think he can offer some sort of insight because he's been a general manager and for two teams so oh look, let's bring in this this grizzled veteran he'll he'll be grizzled. so so great for our broadcast <laughs> hey chuck tell us that story about that that scout that smashed his laptop yeah, computer yeah. in anger <laughs> idiot <laughs> oh well it was re- it was really it was really it was really crazy there for a few minutes <laughs> can't believe that that happened things got heated Somebody used the word damn <laughs> in that conversation. I do think one of the key things, and maybe there's you know a bit of light at the Flyers being completely inept at moving players off the main roster, and this is something Manny likes to talk about, and I'm pretty much on board with this as well, is keeping the Phantoms competitive. Yeah. And, you know, if there's no movement on the main roster, and you're running it back with the majority of this team, that means guys like Forrester, Danoy, and Brink, and Lexell are all back in the AHL. And while that may not be best for their overall development and the goal of making the NHL and making the main team better, your feeder league there is going to have a lot of talent in it next year. Hell, Gay Grons, and I believe J.R. Avon's making the jump, and Cal Peterson is a backup. Like, you know, you are getting some internal options here to help build up. I assume they're going to go crazy in free agency. Well, I mean, not crazy, but they're going to go into free agency with the main target of uh, snagging some AHL vets there to help out with that team. So in that sense, you know, the Phantoms should be a good squad next year if most of these guys are still in the AHL, which is good. You know, I'm curious to see what happens to guys like Wisdom because I think a lot of his momentum he would have had would have been openings in the top six if Forrester got recalled, but I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. So, you know, I'll be interesting to see how they handle free agency with that team, but in terms of establishing a solid competitive AHL, this does not look like it's going to be a one-off season. You know, if the Flyers got rid of Konechny and Lawton and you had five or six openings on this main roster you filled internally, you would have really stripped the Phantoms of a lot of talent there, and they may be back to irrelevancy again. So in the short term, um, you may have one more good run in here with the Phantoms, and hopefully now they feel more confident about the potential. They're going to treat this free agency a little better um, and find some of these really good uh, AHL top vets to bring in. But yeah, I, I do think that uh, keeping them competitive is going to be a key moving forward, and at least in the short term through the main roster and aptitude, they're going to get that. Overhauling their development teams, and Patrick Sharp's there now, and Al McCauley, and you know... Things are uh, hopefully turning around in Lehigh for a long-term yeah. successful team. 
that is definitely a hope. I mean, I, I do think that winning breeds winning. And I don't know. I keep going back to guys like uh, like Richards and stuff who have won everywhere that they've gone. You know, I, I think that that translates well. Like, that that makes Mike Richards a good leader. That makes him a good teammate. It makes him a good Learning player. how to win at a lower level is definitely better than, you know, being on a 20-win team in the NHL for four years and then getting recalled and yeah. sucking and, and, in the but, NHL. But then these players learn from each other, and then they learn about what works and what doesn't. And then, I don't know, I just think that it's, it's a bit infectious. And I, I think it would be good to see Lehigh Valley the silver lining, the the Flyers are going to be shit, but the Phantoms, well, they should get a playoff home date at least. I'm still time. so salty about that. What bullshit? <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, that is crazy. I can't believe that you would you would you would have a playoff team that doesn't get a home date for a playoff game. Like, what a kick to the nuts to the fans. They couldn't have paid lots of money to go and watch these games. They couldn't go between Charlotte and Lehigh because the travel time is too much. But they can have a back-to-back game after playing five overtime periods. (laughs) Uh, Or five periods over. Uh, There's there's discount airlines. There's buses. There's there's ways around it. You You could have put out a pocket for a charter flight once. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. I I I thought your point uh, months ago when we when we talked about it was was right. Get the get the Flyers and Comcast and get whoever it is that they're playing and their parent company and, and an NHL team. You know what? Add up the travel costs and you know what? We'll split it. Yeah. 50-50. And that's it. Done. Comcast and the Hurricanes could have 